You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. The scripture lets us know that we should rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We rejoice because we know that God is God, that he's holy, he's righteous, he's wonderful. We don't rejoice because of our situations, whether they're good or bad. We rejoice because of who God is. We rejoice because of what he's already done for us. We rejoice because he's a great God. He's faithful He's so kind and he's so wonderful. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. He is altogether lovely. We just thank God for being here on another Bible study night. This is Personal Touch International Ministries Bible Study, where our pastor is Apostle uh, Tracy Robinson and our pastor is Pastor Roosevelt Robinson. And we thank God for them and we thank God for what he is doing in our ministry. Amen. We thank God for the saints who are on the call and those who will be joining the call. Well, we just thank God because truly he is a good God. Before we go any further, let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I love you and I appreciate you. As always, God, I thank you. I don't take your grace for granted, Lord God. Lord, I realize, Lord God, that it's in you that I live, I move, and I have my being. I realize, Lord God, it's because of you that we woke up this morning. It's because of you that we're on this line. Because of you that we're able to to walk, to see, that we have the activity of our limbs. Lord God, we thank you. You're just a wonderful God. You're so great. You're so kind to us. And I just thank you for who you are. And I just thank God for you. I just thank God for salvation. I just thank you, God, for allowing, picking us out to be saved, to be on this Bible study, on the call, on tonight. Lord, we pray that you would bless those who are listening now, those who are listening later. Pray that you would give them what they need, give them the desires of their heart, Lord God. Pray that you would bless, strengthen, and encourage. Look on the children as they prepare to go to school. Some are going to college, Lord God. Pray that your angels would encamp round about them and that you would be with them in all their ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, today we're going to be talking about temperance, right? I'm going to have a couple of scriptures that we're going to be looking at. So if you want to, you can go ahead and get your your um get your Bibles and turn to the scriptures. We're going to be looking at Galatians 5:23 is one of the scriptures. Galatians 5 and we're going to start with verse 23. We're going to be going to Romans 7 starting at verse 18 through 23. We will be looking at Romans 8 1 through 4, and we are going to also be looking at St. John 10 and 10, and John 2 and 16, 1 John 2 and 16. So we're going to be, I think those are the four scriptures that we will be walking through tonight. Again, that was Galatians 5.23. We're looking at Romans 18, I'm sorry, Romans 7 beginning at verse 18 through 23, Romans 8, 1 through 4. And we're going to be looking at John, sorry, 1 John 2 and 16, and St. John 10 and 10. So those are the four scriptures that we're going to be looking at tonight. The first one we're going to start with is Galatians 5 and 23. And I'll going to be reading the entire scriptures, 523, um, but our main scripture we'll be coming from is 516 and 15. 
It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things should not inherit the kingdom of God. Then it goes on to say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which is what we're going to focus on tonight. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And our title for tonight is Temperance, the Key to Victory over my flesh, the world, and the devil. Temperance, the door to abundant life. So we see in Galatians 5.23, um, it focuses on, it lets us know what the um, the flesh looks like and what walking in the spirit looks like. And it goes on to describe the fruit of the spirit. There are several of them, and you can actually pick any one of these out, and they, it would be great. But tonight, we're going to focus on temperance. So let's kind of hone in on Galatians 5.22.23. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And that's the King James Version. Like I said, we're going to focus on temperance. And it goes on to say, against such there is no law. And we're going to talk about what that law is. So when we look at that same scripture in the Amplified, it says um, self-control self-restraint. Against such there is no law that can bring a charge. So what law are we talking about? So as I said, we're going to look at Romans um, 7 as well, the law. When we're on the spirit, walking walking in, in the spirit, temperance, the law of the flesh, cannot bring a charge against us. Paul, when he's talking about here that no law can come against us, he's talking about that law, that, that flesh. But when we're in the spirit, we overcome the law of the flesh. Paul lets us know in Romans that there is a law working in our members, a law working in our flesh. And the only way that the law will have the rule over us if we let it. You have to, we have to understand we have power over the law. We have power over the law when we walk in the spirit. What is the law? The law is the sin. The law is what sends us to hell. The law is what takes us away from God. The law is what draws us away from the, 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 the goodness of God. But when we are walking in the spirit... Those things have no control over us. So when we look at Romans 7, beginning at verse 18 through 23, I'll go ahead and read it just so we can have a background. It says, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, here again, we're talking about the law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members." And he goes on to say, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And then I'm going to tie in Romans 8, 1 through 4. And he goes on to say, he answers the question, so who shall deliver me? And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law cannot do, 
and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So again, when we're talking about temperance, and we're tying this, that in again, Galatians 5, 23, it goes on to say, temperance against such there is no law. So when I walk in the spirit, what I'm saying is there is nothing that can touch me when I'm in the spirit. When I'm walking in all of the fruit of the spirit, but as I said tonight, I'm just focusing on temperance. Nothing can touch me. You know, Romans talks about that law, that sin that's in us. And how the, the, what we would do wrestles against what we shouldn't do. You know, that, that warfare that's inside of us. The very things that we don't want to do, those are the things that we do. But when we walk in the Spirit, even though I may feel like doing that, even though those thoughts may come, because I'm walking in the Spirit, I can overcome that. The law can't touch me. The law that's in my body, the law, that sin nature that's in me, cannot overcome because I'm walking in the spirit, because I have um, temperance, okay? So when we talk about that law, we have to understand there is a law that's working inside of all of us. That law is, is, is the sin nature. That, that's that thing that wars against us, as Paul said, you know, that would make us do the things that we don't want to do. We don't want to curse anybody out, but before you know it, you're doing it. You know, you don't want to go the wrong way, but before you do it, you, you go in the wrong way. You know, it's that warfare that's in us. That's what um, Paul is talking about. That's that law. But again, when we walk in the spirit, that law has no control over us. It has no power over us. That law, we're dead to sin. Okay? So now we talk about temperance. Like I said, I'm just going to talk about this one particular fruit of the spirit. Temperance, self-control over oneself or self-mastery over our passions. Okay? Um, Self-control some other definitions, it means possessing power, strong, having mastery or possession of. That means when I'm walking in the spirit, I have power over that flesh, over the law. I have mastery over the, the, the flesh when I'm walking in, in the spirit, okay? Um, what do I have mastery over? My desires and impulses, you know, in power over oneself or self-mastery. Temperance holds our appetites in check. It controls our rational will and regulates our conduct without being duly swayed by sensuous desires. Moderation is is a key element in self-control. Praise the Lord, saints. If you can mute your phone, if you can mute your phone, thank you. Okay. So when we talk about temperance, right? So we're talking about temperance means power over oneself or self-mastery. So why is temperance so important? First of all, as we go further, I want us to understand, to remember that the devil hates us. The enemy does not like us. The enemy does not like a child of God. And we have to know that. We have to know that the enemy is playing for keeps. You know, um, I'm going to talk about it more, but the enemy desires to kill, steal, and destroy. Not just kill us physically, but if he can kill our influence, if he can kill our desire for the word, uh, if he can kill our desire to want to move forward in God, he'll do that. Because if we can kill our desire and get us to be lukewarm and get us to be, um, you know, just lackadaisical, then that means time is going to pass. And I don't know about you, I think nobody on this line is getting any younger. So the enemy, what he would do through our own lack of temperance, will allow us to go into this sense of, um, you know, just a relaxation mode, just relax mode. And we don't realize that time is passing. You know, that ministry that God has given us, that desire that God has given us, you know, that, that, that idea that God has given us is still staying there dormant because the enemy will make you think that you have time. You know, so we have to understand the enemy hates you. Why does he hate us? Because we, can, we glorify God. We can bring God glory, and the enemy doesn't like that. So we have to know that the enemy is playing for keeps. And one in a way he does that is through temperance, a lack of temperance a lack of power over our own desires and impulses. You know, a power, when we don't have power over our own appetites, and I'm not necessarily talking about food appetites, but our appetites or our desires for certain things. You know, our appetite, um, depending on what it is, can keep us from walking in the spirit. It can keep us subject to the law of our flesh. We have a choice. 
Because if we are subject to the law of our flesh, then we are prime candidates for the devil to just come in. You know, so a lot of times people will say, well, the devil is after me. The devil did this. Many times it's not the devil. The devil is not even thinking about us. Because keep in mind, there's only one devil, right? He has a lot of spirits, but there's only one devil. But how does the devil get into us? How does the, 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 the demons or whatever get into us? When we open the door, we open the door. We allow the enemy to come in because we just found out in Romans that um, there's no, when we walk in the spirit, we're not subject to the law. Right when we walk it in the spirit, but once we walk it in the flesh, anything can come in. All kind of stuff will come in. Right, as Paul said, there is a law in our members. You know, if I'm hungry for food, I'm going to eat. If I'm hungry for sex, I'm going to satisfy that. If I want to be entertained, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Temperance, however, will ensure that when we satisfy our desires, we do it in a godly way. Right, because it's, it's the desire is not the problem. Is what we do with the desire. It's how we feed the desire. That's the problem. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. But the enemy, the word and the flesh, will do whatever it takes to keep us from reaching or having abundant life. How does he do that? Like I said, the enemy doesn't have to send a demon. The world doesn't have to snag us with some wrong thought or some um, bad music. or It's not about going to playing casinos or gambling or anything like that. No, that doesn't keep us from having ab- um, not having abundant life. What keeps us is a lack of temperance. A lack of temperance will keep us from having the life that God wants. A lack of temperance will keep us from going after the things of God wholeheartedly. And again, what did we say temperance was? It's possessing power strong or having mastery over or possession of one's own desires and impulses. If we don't have that, then we're going to be uh, lost when it comes to the kingdom of God. We're going to go, but so far. The enemy doesn't care how, you know, that you go to a certain point as long as you don't go all the way. St. John 10 and 10, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified, says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy I come that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. This is what the Lord said he came, right? The Lord is telling us um, why he came, why the enemy came. He's telling you. There's no surprise that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He has a lot of ways. Well, actually, he only has three ways he does that. The enemy only has three ways. You want to understand that. it, It may come in different manifestations, but there's only three ways that the enemy will kill, steal, and destroy. And that comes from um, 1 John 2 and 16. Hello? That's 1 John 2 and 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's how the enemy comes, through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Think about all the sin, all of the things that are out there in the world. They, they fall into one of these three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is how the enemy kills, steals, kills, and destroys by using these three avenues. And First John 2.16, let me read it. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And we know that if it's of the world, then we're looking at um, sin. This is how the enemy comes, as I said, to kill, steal, and destroy. I think if you don't get anything out of this tonight, is that you understand that the enemy is not your friend. The enemy will come um, with a thought. Okay, that's how he starts. He'll come with a thought. And then you will think that thought is your thought. And you begin to embrace that thought. And before you know it, that thought may seem good, but it will take you away from God. The enemy will come with a thought and say, oh, well, you don't need to, um, oh, you, you, you're in so much pain, you don't need to pray. The enemy will come with a thought and say, well, you know, you can just cheat on your taxes a little bit, right? And then you cheat on your taxes, and soon as you mail your taxes, and then all the conviction and the guilt comes. The enemy will come and say, oh, you don't have to do that. And then, you, and then you'll say, yeah, you know, that's right. I don't have to do it. And then little by little, little by little, he's stealing your, 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 your victory. He's stealing your joy. That's what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. He came to Eve. He said, Eve, you know, God had already told Eve what the plan was. The enemy planted a thought in her head, in her mind, and saying, did God really say? And that's what God will do with, to us. Did God really say? 
You know, we may be dealing with a situation or we may be going through something and the enemy will come in our mind and show us a different way. And he comes with a thought and then we give in to that thought. And when we give in to that thought, we open the door for the enemy to come in. You know, the, the enemy may come with a thought that may seem friendly. We may, it may seem like a nice thought. Because keep in mind, he's not going to come to us with something that we're not going um, to immediately recognize. Right? He knows that for many of us, we're not going to lie, cheat, and steal willingly. You know, we're not going to go steal a TV. We're not going to go, um, you know, beat anybody up. But it comes with those little thoughts, you know, a thought in our mind saying, oh, I don't think she like you. And then before you know it, you know, that, that thought snowballs. And then now you're dealing in jealousy. Now you're dealing in covetousness. The enemy starts with a thought. And that thought will many times be a friendly thought. It will be a thought that we we will embrace, and before we know it, we're on our way away from God, right? So again, I'm going to read that same scripture, John 2 and 16, in the Amplified Bible. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, and the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurances in one's own resources, or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are, but are of the world itself. What do you mean the lust of the flesh? How I feel. If I feel that feel a certain way, I should have it, and I should get it. You know, anything that comes to our senses, these are the wrong desires. The lust of the eyes, if I see it, then I want it. You know, pride of life, anything that exhausts us, that's pride. That's how the enemy kind of comes in. When you look at um, um, drug abuse, sexual abuse, when you look at um, people stealing, people beating each up, any sin that you look at that the enemy has unleashed on us, it comes through one of these three areas, okay? It comes through, as the scripture said, because the enemy only has those three things, right? He can only come through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But what shuts the door on these things? Temperance, self-control. Self-control will shut the door on on these things that will take us away from God. Again, the enemy hates your guts, and you have to know it. The enemy does not like you. You need to know it. His desire is to kill you, to steal whatever victory you have, and to destroy you, destroy your witness. If he can get you to do something contrary to the word of God and people know about it, he's just destroyed your witness. If he can get you to do something that you know is not right um, and now you're feeling convicted and condemned, he just stole your witness. He just stole your victory. He decides to kill, steal, and destroy. And once he gets that uh, foothold, he's not satisfied with just one foothold. He wants to take over. Right? So you have to know that we cannot play with the enemy. The enemy is not because he's not playing with us. We have to know that. Some of us, like I said, can stop with this. You know, people will say, the devil's after me, or the devil stole my joy. Oh, I've been wrestling with a demon all night. No. Mm-mm. The problem is you. Is me and our lack of self-control and a lack of restraint. As I said, this lack of self-control and restraint opens the door for the enemy, and he has a legal right to come in. Because remember, Jesus said that he called the enemy. He said he's the prince of the world. This is his world. This is his domain, we, the world. So when we walking in the flesh, we are walking in the world. When we allow these three things, the pride of life, the pride of eyes, the pride of the, of the flesh, let me read it. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when we walk in this, again, we are in the world. And who controls the world? The enemy, the prince and the power of the air. And we are subject to, to him because we're walking in the, the flesh, right? So we don't need to stop this with this, the devil is after me. Take a look at what area in your life that you've allowed the devil to come in. Take a look at what area where you are out of control in. Okay, and a lot of times, you know, it may be something really simple. It could be something, even ministry. People say, oh, no, I go to church all the time. I read my Bible. But that, even though it's a good thing, it could be out of control. It can, you could be not walking in temperance. Some people are so motivated to ministry that they don't care for their own children. That's a lack of self-control. That means you're not walking, in, walking the way you should walk. So take a look at your life because when we look at our lives, and through the lens of temperance, we can see areas where the enemy has, can get in. You know, um, if I'm up all hours of the night, say, watching monster movies and eating pizza, 
then it's no wonder that when I lay down at 2 in the morning, I'm having heartburn and bad dreams, all right? Because first of all, I'm up eating all hours of the night and watching these crazy movies, and then now I'm in bed at night at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, with pains and, you know, having all these crazy dreams. Again, lack of temperance. So let's look at some ways that a lack of temperance can keep us from moving forward. First one, do you pray and read your word every day? If you say no and brush it off by saying, no, I don't pray or read my word every day, but I'm not caught up into rituals. You know, when I first got saved, I, I got saved. Um, it, it was a wonderful um, group of people, and we had this thing where we would pray every day, every day, every day. And then, you know, as you start going and God, growing in God, then you get with the other crowd who say, oh, you don't need to do that. You don't need a time. And that's true. You don't need a time. You can pray to God anytime. Right, so you don't have to get hung up on that. That's not what I'm saying. But you have some people who've gone so far to the left that they don't pray at all. You know, they've gone from praying at a certain time, and then now they say, "No, you don't need to do that. You can pray in your heart. You can pray on your way to work. You can pray, you know, whenever, and you don't have a certain time. That's great. But some of us need a certain time because some of us need discipline. Now, so and people will say, "No, I don't need to do that." Um, no, I don't pray every or read my word every day, but the Lord has called me to grace, not the law. People will say that. I'm not under the law. I don't have to be bogged down with doing something every day or, you know, praying every day, fasting, because we are under grace now. And all of those things are true. But here's my question. Do you eat every day? Right? Do you take a shower or bath at least once a day? For those of you who are parents, if you didn't feed your child every day, and you fed your child just as often as you read your word and prayed, would the police arrest you and charge you with child neglect? <laughs> Think about that. Would, would they come and arrest you? you know? That's a good one, Elder. That's good. <laughs> yeah, would, would they come and arrest you? you know? That's good. That's good. Amen. Amen. Because the thing is, it's like we, we eat every day. Most of us eat every day. So, I mean, why can't we pray every day? Why can't we read our word every day? You know, I could say you don't have to have a time if you don't want to. But why can't you do those things every day? But people always, you know, temperance, a lack of discipline, will always cause us to find a way to get over. Okay? The word is life. The word and prayer are part of developing our relationship with God. We know who God is by his word. So when we are not praying and reading the word like we should, we are prone candidates for a lack of temperance. Well, anyway, that's a lack of discipline. That's a lack of self-control, and anything can come in. We, don't, we do not have self-restraint over our emotions. You know, when you're not praying and reading your word, we find ourselves becoming short-tempered with people. We find ourselves having no control over how much TV we watch. You know, some of us, we can't even pray 15 minutes without repeating the same thing over and over again. But we can watch TV for hours and hours and hours at a time. You know, again, TV is fine. There's no problem with that. But it shouldn't get in, our, get in the way with our relationship with God. So because we don't have control over our flesh and we are not developing relationship with God, we are confused. We run around saying, I don't know what I should be doing in the Lord. I don't know what the Lord called me to do. And the reason why is because we, we've been we're so out of control. Our flesh has taken over. We don't pray. We don't read. We don't have a, a fast life. We don't talk about the word. You know, all of those things, these things are part of building our temperance, a part of building our faith in the Lord, okay? But we don't do that. Um, next thing, a lack of temperance. Do we have a medical condition like high blood pressure, for example, where we have to watch our diet and we don't do it? You know, many of us, many people in the body of Christ, we are, you know, we some of us need to gain weight, some need to lose weight, but some of us have these medical conditions and we keep making excuses. You know, instead of eating one or two pieces of fried chicken, you know, we want to have three. Instead of one scoop of potato salad, we have to have the potato salad and four pieces of chicken, the cornbread, and the pie. You know, all of that is a lack of temperance. And we think, oh, I'll be okay. But what it is, the enemy is using us to kill ourselves. You know, the enemy is using us to kill, to get us away from God because because of a lack of temperance. Now I can't even, you know, usher because I can't even walk around without getting out of breath, you know. I can't even, you know, um, travel like I want to to do things in ministry because I'm, my, uh, I'm out of control. So, again, we have to look at the big picture. The enemy is, looks at the big picture 
And that big picture is to kill us. That big picture is to destroy us. That's what he's after. You know, it's not just the fact that we're not eating um, a, a healthy or we're eating out of control is what it can lead to. You know, so all of those things, the enemy wants to kill our witness. Why? So we won't glorify God. That's the whole idea. The enemy does whatever he can to steal God's glory. And we are part of God's glory. And if he can get rid of us, then he thinks that's part of getting rid of God's glory. So we have to be careful about that, even in our appetite. You know, as I said before, the enemy will love to take us out. But the only way he can do that is with our cooperation. When we open the door for the enemy, by our lack of temperance, he has full reign. You know, all food is good with prayer. But when we go to the doctor and the doctor tells us, you know, to take care of our health and then we don't do it, then we are allowing the enemy through our lack of temperance to push us into an early grave. And if we're dead, who can fulfill the plan of God on our lives, the promises that God has for us? So, again, the enemy wants to kill us so we can't make God look good here on earth. You know, the fasting and the prayer helps to build up our temperance. You know, when we praying and fasting and, you know, um, just having those spiritual disciplines, it gives us more control. It helps us to walk in the spirit um, so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Another area where we um, have to look at our temperance, are you a credit card or layaway queen? You know, um, I had a friend a while ago, we used to call her the layaway queen because she had so much stuff on layaway. Every time we would go somewhere, she'd put stuff on layaway and had all these little cards, you know. And again, nothing wrong with layaway, but are we spending money on things we don't need to spend? You know, being in debt is stressful. Being in debt means that we don't have the money we need to support the ministry or just to enjoy ourselves. Some of us need to take a look at what we are spending money on. You know, if you look at $5 on McDonald's today, $5 at Subway Restaurant um, Wednesday, you know, and then maybe $5 on another day, that's $15 a week that we just spent. You know, uh, a new dress and a new pair of shoes this week, a new pair next week, again, nothing wrong with that. But we have to look at and see if we're out of control. Some of us have so many dresses and clothes that we don't wear. We have clothes that we have never worn and can't because we've gained so much weight. Okay, so spending money we don't need. (laughs) Amen, Elder. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, spending money we don't need. You know, the spending money is a trick because when emergencies come up, then we have to go further in debt to cover the emergencies. You know, the little money that we did have, we have to spend it. But if we looked at what we were spending money on, we could probably save some money by not buying stuff, by not eating out all the time, you know. Um, again, all the, nothing wrong with McDonald's or any of that, that type of stuff, but we have to look at what we're doing. Again, the issue is not the spending, per se, but it's the consequences of spending without temperance that it costs us. Because if I'm spending without temperance, then it's going to cause me more stress because now I'm further in debt. Like I said, I, I don't have money for the, the kingdom. I don't have money to do what I need to do. So, again, because of a lack of temperance. Okay. So now we have to work more hours, get another job. And if I'm working more hours, I've got another job. I'm not eating right because I'm always in a hurry. I've got to stop through the drive through all the time. Um, I don't spend time with my family because I'm always working. I can't pray because I'm always working. So now my relationship with my family is infected and my relationship with God is affected. You know? So, again, because if you're a parent, you know, you need to spend time with your child. But you can't if we're not um, because of a lack of temperance. So all of those things just go like in a little cycle. And before we know it, we're out of whack. We're out of whack with our family. We're out of whack with our church. We're out of whack with God. And everything is just going spiraling. And that's what the enemy likes us to do. He likes us to be stressed out, you know, always to be overworked. Because he knows if we're overworked and anxious and, you know, and stressed, we're not going to walk in the spirit. Because we're going to be so focused on the things of the flesh. And next thing. Now, I'm going to talk about some of us are overweight, some of us are underweight. This is a sensitive subject, but I'm going to talk about it. The issue is not the weight, but again, it's the consequences of the weight that, that, that's the problem. Like I said before, if we're over or under, we're not where we should be with our weight, it's, it's easy for the enemy to have access and to kill, steal, and destroy again. Because of my weight, I can't exercise. I got to take a lot of medication. I can't praise God for so long. 
I don't have self-control, all of those things. So it's not just being under or overweight or having a weight problem. The fact is, is what it leads to, and that's what we have to take a look at. What does this lead to? It leads to me not having any energy, not feel like doing anything, but coming home and sitting on the couch. Okay, lack of temperance in sexual matters. So there are some people who are hooked on, you know, soft porn, and then you have hard porn, and you know these Playboy magazines and all these kind of stuff. You know, you're watching stuff on TV. Before you know it, you're watching. Um, one thing on TV, then you go into another thing, and before you know it, it's just feeding your spirit, feeding your spirit. Then you listen to stuff on um, the radio or, you know, just all kind of stuff that's going through your, your mind, again, because a lack of temperance. A lack of temperance will say, a self-control will say, you know, I don't think I can watch this. A lack of temperance will say, all right, no, I've been watching TV two or three hours now. This is enough, okay? Because, again, it opens the door for so many other things. Um, we will, you know, watch TV shows that will take us further, further, and further into a world of sexual perversion. And before we know it, we're out of control in this area. You know, as you can see, and you've seen in some of the TV shows and it's in the church, you have Christians now preaching and teaching looking like prostitutes. You know, there's no holiness standards, no conviction concerning dress. And I'm not saying, you know, you've got to dress like a, you know, old maid, but I'm just saying is that there's just no holding the standards because now if we're wearing less and less and less clothes. You know, again, that's the world is creeping into the church. Um, listen, my dress may not be an issue for me, but what about my brother or sister? Because we're encouraged that if my dress or whatever I'm doing is causing my brother or sister to stumble, then I need to make a change because I need to be at peace with all men. You know, I've seen people praying for people. If I'm praying for people, I'm walking around and at top showing all my cleavage and tight, tight dress. People who are looking at me have to spend more time trying to look at my cleavage than they are focusing on the Lord. Again, it's a lack of temperance. It's a lack of self-control. You know, this is what this is. I want to be seen. You know, I want to look good. I mean, I mean, we all want to look good, but I mean, I'm talking when we look like prostitutes, when we look like what we see on TV. That's not a good thing. That's not a good witness. That's a lack of control. You know, then men too, you have men who with these little sh- short, um, real tight pants, they'll leave nothing to the imagination. You know, we have to be careful about that. A lack of temperance in sexual matters, our health, our prayer life, our word life, and our money are areas that if we don't get a control of will take us out, not just um, like in the kingdom, but it'll just take us it'll take us out of the kingdom and it'll also take us out of the world too early, especially if we're talking about health wise. A lack of temperance in these areas will keep us going to church and talking about a ministry but never moving forward in ministry. Because we're too lazy. Some of us we just can't we we're not gonna read we're not I don't care what you say, we're not gonna read but so much, we're not gonna pray but so much, all right? But then some of us you know, we, 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 we say we want certain things, but we're just not going to do it and because of lack of temperance. You know, we're just not going like I said, we're just not going to do it. We're just too lazy. We'd rather watch a lot of TV. We'd rather watch, um, be involved with everything else but things of the gospel because of lack of temperance. And the enemy enjoys that. As I said before, you know, you could have a great ministry, a pro- prophetic word could have come to you and said, I see you, you know, going across the country doing all of this stuff, and I see you starting this ministry. And then five years passes, and people say, what happened? And you say, oh, I guess that prophet was a lie. No, you were just lazy. It was a lack of temperance. Because, yeah, the the word came, but there was something that you were supposed to have done with it. You were supposed to have, you know, um, had the self-discipline to begin to read, the self-discipline to begin to study, the self-discipline to begin to pray, and you never did it. And the enemy was satisfied to let you hear the word and let you just go but so far. Because he, he let you, you know, you watch TV, you, you, um, you know, go to service and participate only a little bit. You do just enough, and the enemy's happy that you're doing just enough. Because you're doing just enough, and you think that's okay. You think you're fine. And the enemy said that's great. Because he knows five years has passed, you've gotten older, now you don't have the strength to do what it is that you want to do, right? Ten years will pass. You, now you definitely don't have the strength, and you're not going to do it. So the enemy, you know, is not afraid or concerned about how strong we talk. 
Because when you first get saved or you first get a revelation from the Lord, everybody's on fire. You know, oh, yeah, I can do this, I can do this, and that'll, and we just going after the devil. Oh, the devil, I'm going all the way. I don't care what the devil says. And the devil don't care about you either because he knows that he has time on his side. And he knows you. He knows the flesh, right? So he knows that all he has to do is let time pass. One year will pass. Two years will pass. That's all he has to do. Because as the time passes, our flesh begins to act up. You know, those things that's in us will begin to come to the surface. And all the enemy has to do is wait. You know, he has to, he's going to wait to see if we're going to walk in the spirit or if we're going to walk in the flesh. He's going to wait to see, you know, if we're going to walk in temperance, or if we're going to walk in self-control. All he has to do is, is wait, you know, and let time pass. And he knows that we will self-destruct ourselves. He doesn't have to send any you know, demons or anything like that. All he has to do is let us be ourselves. And because in ourselves, we know in us there's no good thing. Paul lets us know in Romans, there's in my flesh, there's no good thing in my flesh. That's, there's no surprise. You know, in my flesh, we know it's in the flesh. We know um, in Romans 7 and 23 was telling us, so there's no good thing that's in the flesh. There's, there's nothing there at all. You know, um, Galatians, that's what I want to do, 5 and 23 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Okay, and it talks about the works of the flesh are manifest. Adultery, that's in the flesh, fornication. All he has to do is wait, and he knows these things will come to the surface. Hatred, emulations, murders, drunkenness, uh, strife, wrath, all of these things will come to the surface. For some of us, it may come more, some people may have more of an issue with adultery. Some people may have more of an issue with fornication. Some people may have more of an issue with strife, but the flesh will come, will rise because the flesh, we're not going to kill the flesh. We have to put it in subjection to the spirit. So we're always going to have the flesh, but the more we walk in the spirit, the stronger we get in the spirit, the easier it will be to put the flesh in the subjection. But the enemy is just waiting. He's just waiting for these things for us to um, to walk in it. Because when we walk in it, the scripture tells us, um, of other which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you do walk in the flesh, you already know what we you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're going to know that you're going to be um, you're going to have problems. You're not going to go far with God. He already tells us what's happening here. That's why we're encouraged to walk in the spirit, to walk in the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which is what I'm focusing on, against such there is no law. What do you mean there is no law? We talked about that before, the law in Romans 7.23. There's nothing that can come against the, um, the law. The fruit of the Spirit will handle the law that's in us. The law that's in us is that flesh man that Paul talks about. You know, He talks about in Romans 7.18-23. The temperance will handle the law of the flesh that, that's in us, but we have to allow it to work. We have to walk in the spirit so that we can walk in the fruit of, in, in temperance. A lack of temperance will cause us to make excuses for our actions and hold on even tighter to our weaknesses. Now, why are these people talking about my, my, what I'm eating? Why are these people talking about what I watch on TV? Why are they talking about where I go? Because all of these things... The pride of life, the lust of the flesh will pull us away from God and keep us from walking fully when God has for us. Now, take a look at how the enemy has gotten into your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors to kill you. Like I said before, think about the last time, you know, you almost cursed somebody out or you got angry or whatever it was. You know, think about what would happen if you died in that state, if we would have died, if God's grace didn't find us. Think about the last time you got really upset and you were going to go off on somebody. Suppose you had a heart attack right then. It was the grace of God that kept, that allowed us, gave us another chance. The enemy is hoping because he doesn't know how, he doesn't understand the grace of God. Oh, of course, all we have to do is ask, repent and ask God to help us and ask God for forgiveness and he'll do that. 
But the enemy desires to get us, to beat us up, to get us so far away from God that we don't even ask, or that, too, that by the time we ask, it'll be too late. But I thank God that for us, especially on this call, that it'll never be too late. Amen? Because we're going to always, if we don't get it right the second, we're going to get it right the next. Amen? So I just thank God for that because we're going to decree and declare that we will walk in temperance, that we will walk in what God would have us to, to be, to walk in the area, the path that he would have for us. Like I said before, we have to know the enemy, you have to know the enemy doesn't like you. He hates your guts. He hates my guts. And whatever he can use to get us, that's what he's going to do. He, and, and he's going to use us to get us. It's not my family member. It's not the person down the street. He's going to use me to get me. He's going to use me to get me to walk out of uh, contrary to God's word. He's going to get me to, walk, to not walk in temperance. As I said before, even those people of us who are in ministry, you have to be so careful because, after you've ministered, you know, and after you've poured out, that's a prime time for the enemy to come in. That's a prime time for us to be um, out of balance because then you, you finish, the anointing is off of you. You're going to go to an all-you-can-eat place. You're just going to eat, 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 and then it's late, and then you go to sleep, and then you start talking, and sometimes we talk about people, and there's just all kinds of things. You, you, you look at people who fall in sexually. A lot of times they're falling sexually because they, their spirits were so open. Because after the anointing, you would say, well, you just finished coming out of the anointing. Why would you act like that? Because when you that anointing is released off of you, if you don't haven't developed a lifestyle of temperance, a lifestyle of self-control, you're going to be real easy to be out of control because you, people are going to come to you. you know, um, People are going to say things to you. And all of these things you're going to have to filter. So as I said before, temperance is the key to overcoming, is to getting the victory. You know, the enemy wants to lull us into a place of complacency. He wants us to think that everything is all right with us. You know, because of that, um, the lack of self-control. He wants us to compare ourselves with other people. You know, well, I'm not as bad as she is. Or I'm not as bad as he is. Yeah, I know I need to do better, but you know, I know I need to stop doing this, but. You know, and we look at other people or other ministries, but a scripture lets us know to compare ourselves with other people is not wise. We should be comparing ourselves with the word of God. Walking in the spirit should be our goal. That's what we need to do. God, help me to walk in the spirit. Show me how to walk in the spirit. You know, when you get up, Lord, I thank you. We want to be having thanksgiving and praises on our lips. If your mind drifts, just bring it back, you know. Um, you want to fight to walk in the spirit, if you if, if I can say that, because you want to walk in the spirit is what brings the revelation. Walking in the spirit will bring um, a, a, a greater sense of who God is. We'll have a greater discernment when we walk in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we'll have that discernment, not about other people, but about us. God will show us what we need to work on. God right. will, sh will show us why this person is giving us such a hard time, you know, we may say, oh, they're giving me a hard time. I need to pray for them. No, they're giving you a hard time so you can see you're the problem, you know. But when we walk in the spirit, God will begin to talk to us, you know. But when we walk in the spirit, we'll be able to see how pride is getting into our lives. We'll be able to see how the lust of our flesh is starting to creep in on us. We're getting ready to see how how the the, the, um, the lust, let me read that scripture. I like that scripture, and I can never remember it. First John two sixteen. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification. When we're walking in the spirit, the spirit will let us know what less what areas in our life is out of that we're lusting for that's out of whack. Again, it's nothing wrong with wanting certain things. It's how we go about getting it. If I'm lusting for a man, I'm lusting for a woman, I'm lusting for a job, you know, lust brings in um, um, more pride and brings in covetousness. So when, but when I'm walking in the spirit, I, the, the, flesh, the, the spirit will let me see how the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, I want this, I feel this, okay, the pride of life. This walking in the spirit will put down all of this, will put all this down or bring it into subjection. But I have to want to walk in the spirit. I have to understand that there are only two options. It's either, excuse me, I'm walking in the spirit, I'm on the Lord's side, 
I'm walking in the flesh, and I'm on the devil's side. There's no middle ground. Either I'm on the Lord's side, I'm on the devil's side. Every thought I think is going to fall in those one or two categories. There's no middle category. Either I'm glorifying God or I'm glorifying the devil. And if I'm thinking fleshly thoughts, I may as well just say I'm glorifying the devil because God has nothing to do with the the flesh. The flesh doesn't please him. The world doesn't please him. So there are only two options. What, 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 what side am I on? Am I pleasing God, the Lord's side, or the devil's side? Right? And we have to think of it like that because the enemy, as I said before, doesn't like us. You know, he'll give us a little a thought and we think it's our thought. And we begin to embrace that thought and we begin to act on it. And before we know it, we're on the, the, the wrong side. So, but when we're walking in the spirit, you know, when we seek to walk in the spirit and keep our mind on the Lord and we begin to, you know, even as we're working, God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. Just just to something to remind ourselves because we can get so busy during the day or so busy with things that we forget even just to say thank you, Jesus. But we have to remember to do that. When When we do that, that brings the spirit on board. It reminds us that we are Christians. It reminds us who we the word says we are. So again, we have to, um, in a review, we have to know that we have to walk in the spirit, that we're God's um, chosen vessels, that we're here for a purpose. We're here to glorify him. You know, and anything that gets in the way of that glory, that we have to ask God to help us to get rid of it. Um, we temperance, with that self-control. We have to have that self-control if we're going to walk this walk with Jesus Christ. We have to have that temperance, temperance, possessing power, having mastery over or possession of. We have to have mastery over our flesh. We have to possess power over our flesh. We have to have um, that self-mastery. We have to be able to say, you know, that's enough. We have to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that. We have to be able to say, when the flesh wants to sleep, say, no, I've slept long enough, I need to pray. No, I've watched TV long enough, I need to read a couple of scriptures. No, I've, I've, I've done this long enough, I'm not going to spend any more money. No, I've, you know, we have to be able to pull ourselves back. You know, we have to take a look at, the, some of us need to exercise. We said we want to do ministry. Ministry requires a lot of physical um, work, you know. We have some of us, we need to exercise. It may not be you know, a marathon runner or anything like that, but could just be walking for 10 minutes. could just be taking the steps. All those things make us fit, make us fit for the kingdom. Because being fit for the kingdom is not just coming to church, which is important, um, and, you know, being in church and reading the scripture. We need energy to work in the ministry. We need energy and work. And, I mean, just even to tell somebody about Jesus, you know, even to, um, just walk a block to pass out tracts or, you know, to feed the homeless or whatever it is that you want to do, you're going to need energy to do those things. And you want to ask God to, to kind of show me what areas where I'm lacking in temperance. I just mentioned a few, you know, the sexual, we talked about the appetites, eating, um, finances. Um, there are other areas. And each of us has those particular areas where we just weaken. We have to ask God for the strength. And we have to Walk like we have the strength, you know. The scripture says those who are weak act like you're strong, you know. So even you know when enough is enough when eating. You know what your doctor told you, right? So you know you don't need those three or four chicken wings. Put it down. You know that you're spending too much money. You need to walk away from the store. You know that we're talking too much with our mouth and we're saying things that we shouldn't say. And, you know, you're going off on a person. you got to walk away. We have to allow temperance to have the rule over our lives so that we can better walk in the Spirit, that we can better um, hear God. You know, again, temperance is a fruit of the Spirit, and we, which we need. We have to walk in the Spirit so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So again, um, temperance, the key to victory over my flesh, the world and the devil, temperance, the door to abundant life. At this point, any questions or comments? Amen, Elder. I just enjoyed this this mm. teaching tonight. I tell you, it's very very profound. Oh God, God bless you, Pastor. God bless you, Apostle. 
God bless you. I just thank God for you. I thank God for, you know, our, our pastor who's who's um, working and our apostle. And thank God for our elder and our other elder and the other saints. We just thank God for this opportunity to, to be here tonight. We're going to prepare to um, close out and just reminding everyone to check our website. We have our men's Bible study that will be coming up um, this next week, Apostle. Amen. Amen. We we yeah, we we had to put it on hold, but it's okay. coming up um next week. Uh did did you ever get the numbers and stuff? Um it's the same number, Saints. It'll be the same number you can use um the same number, Saints, for this Bible study. Um it'll be the same number. Okay, just on a Thursday. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we we all said it'll be our pastors. Um this is for men only, so those of you who are listening, tell your men in your life, the men you want in your life, just spread the news and let the men know, men and young men as well as old men, um, if you have a boy, especially if you have a young boy, um, it will be great just to kind of log on to the Bible study and just to hear what um, God has to say. You know, one thing about men, when they start talking, you know, it, it's not it's not always like how we women do it. But when men start talking, it's always a wonderful thing because they share and they can support each other. So we pray that, um, you know, everybody spread the word about the Bible study that will be happening this Thursday. Amen. So we are going to prepare to close out. Elder, uh, one more. Yeah, one more. I just want to say thank you for this word. It uh, stepped all over my toes in a couple of areas, <laughs> and I truly thank God for that because it was something that it's been in my mind, but now it's totally in my spirit. And I do have to um, confess that there are a couple of areas that i got to work on, and they yeah. will be done. So thank you for the word tonight. Well, God bless you, Elder, because I truly, me too. And so I thank God for this. When the Lord gave me this, I'm like, okay, I give you. This is something I got to work on. So I thank God for it. I just thank God for Him giving us another chance. Amen. That He loves us enough to let us know that this is what we need to do. Amen. Amen. So I, I thank God. Thank God for that. So we're gonna pray and close out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Again, we just love, we appreciate you, and we magnify you, God. We thank you because truly this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We will rejoice with our lips. We will rejoice with our lives. We will rejoice with uh, our money. We will rejoice, Lord God, with our thoughts because it truly we want to bring you glory. We want to bring you praise. We want to bring you honor. God, anything in our lives, Lord God, that's not like you, anything in our lives, Lord God, that we, 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 we've confessed and we don't even haven't confessed yet, God, we ask you to come into our lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for temperance. Thank you, Lord God, for showing the areas where we need to work on and making us strong in those areas, Lord God. We thank you for our apostle. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you for those who are on the Bible study line, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing in our ministry. We pray that you would give us sweet sleep, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, God bless you. God bless you, saints.